Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I believe it's a word in season. Help me to minister it, Lord, with clarity and accuracy. Lord, I thank you for the anointing to minister to these, your people. They are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. To be able to come into a building like this and worship you freely. We can't thank you enough for all of your blessings, for all that you've done. But most of all, for who you are. We love you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And uh, just for the sake of those of you upstairs, um, I am not going to be preaching the same message that I preached in the first service. I'm going to be going a a different direction. I have that leading in my heart. So um, let's open our Bibles to 1 John. 1 John. And we'll look at chapter 3. And uh, notice with me in verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. When you have it, say, I have it. Okay. When you have it, say, I have it. All right. Verse 1. Behold, <clears throat> what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we, he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So these verses talk about the Father's love for us. His great love for us. Now... Our Father's great love for us can and should be returned in our love for Him. Our love for Him. If we love Him, we will give Him access into our lives. Now, we've been doing a series on keys to being kept... And I think that this could be an added key to that. It is the will of God for you to be kept spirit, soul, and body until He returns. Amen? Amen. To be kept. To be kept. Now, Psalms 91 is what I want to take a look at here this morning. This is a real, real important message. Look over at Psalms 91 and uh, notice in verse 14. Notice in verse 14 of Psalms 91. It says here in verse 14, Because He, that's you, has set His love upon me. Now, He talks about one way that we can set our love upon Him is by dwelling in His presence. For he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Amen. Because you have made the Lord, even the Most High, your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. So we set our love upon Him 
by giving him access into our lives and by entering into communion with him. By entering into fellowship with him. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, in Psalms 91 verse 14, it tells us some things that he will do as a result of us setting our love upon him. Now, we will look at those at the end of the message, but let's just talk for a few moments. What does it mean to set our love upon him? How can we do that? Well, we love his word, right? You can't love the father without loving his word because the father and God and his word are one. So, So, love for his word will result in you being diligent to read his word, to meditate in his word, and to live in his word, and to let his word abide in you. For it is the living word that will cause you to triumph, and it is the living word that will set you on high above the things in this world. Amen? Amen. Love for his word. Love for him. Love for his people. Anyone who says, well, you know, I I love God, but I just don't care for his people. I just don't care for church. Uh Uh-uh. When you really love him, you will love his people and you will love his place in the local church. Love for God. Say it with me. I love you. Say with me, I love you, Jesus. I love love your word. word. And I love your people. I love your your kingdom. I love love what you're doing in the earth. I love love your presence. I love love you, Lord. Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Now, I want him manifesting himself to me continuously. I do not just want him to reveal himself and to show himself in my life in a time of need. Oh, yeah, I want him in a time of need. But I want him every day of my life. I want want him to be more real to me than he's ever been before. And so for that to happen, we must enter in to the door. And go through the door and understand what it really means to set our love. Upon him. Look at John 14, verse 23 and 24. John 14, 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said, If a man love me. Now, the mere fact that he said, If a man loves me, means that there's a lot of men that don't love him. They may think that they love him. But their lifestyle reveals that they don't really love him. They love them 
themselves more than they love him. Oh, I love me some me. No, how about this? I love me some heavenly father. We'll get into some of that. So fasten your seatbelts. If any man love me, what will he do? He will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which has sent me. Loving him means loving his word and keeping his commandments. The greatest commandment that we've ever been given by him who is love is that we love one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has loved us. Amen. And so... This fact that he will make our abode with us. He will make his abode with us. Meaning he will reveal himself to us. He will show himself to be a father in your life. He will show himself to be God in your life. He will reveal and he will manifest himself to you daily in every area of your life. Whatever your need may be, whatever direction you may need, whatever decisions you may need to make, he will be there to manifest himself. Now I discovered this. He does manifest himself to those that love him, but he manifests himself more to those that love him more. I said he manifests himself more. Mucho, mucho más. If you want more of God, love him more. If you want more revelation, if you want more manifestation, love him more. I do not love him as much as I'm going to love him. I mean, I love him, but there is more in my heart love that I need to show to him. Whoo, glory to God. We are living in the last of the last days. If there was ever a day for the church to get on board and to get all out for Christ, it is a day what we live in. Time's running out. Smile, everybody. Do you want all things to work together for the good in your life? I mean, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you want God to raise up a standard against him? Well, all things work together for the good to those that love him. All things are not working for the good for people that don't love him. It is for a specific group. But I think I'm looking at a specific group today. 
I said, I hope I'm looking at a specific group today of people that are all in with their love for him. All things work together for the good to those that love him. Say it with me. I love him. I love him. And he loves me. Hallelujah. And we can grow in this. We can grow in our love for God. We can grow in our commitment to God. I think we should be more committed to him than the Raiders. Well, I love me some warriors, but do you love me some God? There's nothing wrong with liking the warriors and liking the Raiders, but our love is reserved for him. Be very careful how you throw the word love around. Well, I love brownies and I love this and I love that. You know, brownies can't love you back. But they will stick with you till the end. (laughs) Well, I just love me some pumpkin pie. Oh, I love my Mustang I just got. You can polish that Mustang all day long, but that Mustang will never love you back. (laughs) Somebody say, Lufsa! Glory to God. But my love for him can grow. And I believe... That we are very possibly that generation that will see the coming of the Lord. And if we are not that generation, we're the only generation we got. So we might as well settle it in our hearts. We are going to fix, we are going to set our love on him. With genuine affection, we're going to show our love for him. Now, turn over to 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 15 through verse 17. Here's one thing that loving him is not. Here's one thing that we must not ever set our love upon. Never. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, it says, Love not the world. Love not the world. Somebody says, well, I, I thought we were supposed to love people in the world. Absolutely. We're supposed to love the people that are in the world, but we are not to love the godless world system. What fellowship has light with darkness? What communion has Christ with Belial? 
For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. I shall be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate and I will be a father unto you. At any time in any place where they take God out of something, I'm gone. Love not the what? Now notice this. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man have love, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This world has nothing to offer you. This godless world system, whom Satan is the God, small g of, has nothing to offer you. I found that out way back in the 70s. Some of you found it out in the 80s. But it is true, this world has nothing to offer us. So don't love it. Don't set your affection upon it. Now notice verse 16. Aren't you glad you came to church today? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but it is of what? Now notice verse 17. And the world... The world does what? The world passes away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. Don't set your affection on something that is going to be burned up in smoke. Come on, guys. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof... But oh, he that doeth the will of God, what does he do? Glory to God. He that does the will of God will abide forever. The world passes away. The suits, the dresses, the clothes, the buildings, the lands, the money. It's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. So... Don't have a fling with something that's going to pass away. Don't have an affair with something that will not endure. Come on, somebody. We serve a good, good God, a good, good Father, but He is jealous. Come on. He's jealous of his people. He wants your affections. He wants your time. He wants your love. He wants you so badly because he wants to do so much through you and for you. Can you handle a little bit more? 
All right, let's look at 2 Timothy then, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I said time's running out. But for the time that we have left, what do you say we just go all in? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Now, in 2 Timothy, now don't, don't, don't worry, we'll get to the preaching part. So it tells us, don't love the world, but love him. The world is passing away. No affairs with the world. No flings with the world. In 2 Timothy 3, Verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days, what kind of days are going to come? Are we living in the last days? We are living in the last days. And he said, In the last days, perilous times shall come. And then he goes on to say, Why? Now, whether these last days are perilous for you, are glorious for you, are determined by who you love and what you set your love upon. Don't get under condemnation, please. This is a message that will lift you. Amen. And you can turn the air down, guys. It's a little... Getting cold, and I'd, I'd rather not you be cold. I'd rather not you be lukewarm or. <laughs> hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah with me three times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I got some help from Amen Alley right over there. Glory to God. (laughs) Mm. So, you choose. It's your choice. What kind of life you want? You want a glorious life? Or do you want a perilous life that'll eat you up and spit you out? As for me and my house, I'll take the glory. I said, I'll take the glory. I'll take the manifestation of his presence any day of the week over the manifestation of the world. I'll take the anointing of God upon my life and in my life before I'd take the whole state of California in my back pocket. Because I understand and I realize that without Him, and you must know this same thing, without Him, you can do nothing. I got good news for you. We're not without Him. Say it with me real strong. I can do all things. I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. So it goes on to tell us 
why these perilous times are coming. And these perilous times are not just for the world. They're for Christians who live in the world. Or who live like the world. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. I love me some me. (laughs) Covetous. Are you kidding me? Give? No way. I'm not out to give. I'm out to get. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at my education. Education. <laughs> Look what my hands have wrought. I'm a self-made man. No. That's pride. And pride goes before a fall. Disobedient to parents. Dishonoring. One's parents brings peril into a person's life. How about this? Unthankful. Thanksgiving is not just a season. Thanksgiving's a way of life. Now, if you want to remain, Joyce says, complain. But if you want to be raised, hey, get your hands up and start praising Unthankful. Be thankful. Be grateful. In everything, give thanks. Unholy. It's the ungeneration. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. You can't rely on them, they don't keep their word. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Now notice this. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. What up with that? There is nothing wrong with enjoying life. Nothing wrong with certain activities and certain areas of entertainment. But when those things take place in your heart before God, they become idolatry. They become idolatry. And the Bible says that we are to keep ourselves from idols. Can anyone tell me, some of you are looking too serious, smile a little bit. Can anyone tell me this morning what the first commandment is? Of the Ten Commandments, what's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. Anything that is before him becomes a God and it's godless 
straight from the world system. Okay. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I believe this. Now, I'm, I'm not, you know, you, this is no condemnation. You don't have to give to this church. You don't have to give a penny. You don't have to tithe. But if you're not giving anything for the furtherance of the gospel and your checkbook reveals entertainment, entertainment, food, 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 entertainment, food, 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 entertainment, food, 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 vacations, entertainment, food, food, food. And on the other side of the ledger, your tithing and your giving is like this. My brothers, these things ought not so to be. Now, God will meet our need here in this church without you giving. And we love you and you're welcome here. But your giving reflects your heart. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And then in verse 5 says, Oh yeah, they have a form of godliness. They may shandai and shake. Come to church and run. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, the Bible says, get out of there. You take God out of the public schools, I'm going. You take God out of a nation, thank God he's not out of this nation. He's given us another opportunity. Somebody say, he's given us another opportunity. He's given us an opportunity for an awakening in this nation. And it has nothing to do with political. It has to do with the spiritual. His kingdom is above all natural kingdoms. And I believe there's a stirring and there's a passion and there is a great awakening coming. But I believe the greatest awakening that I can have is a greater love for him. From such, turn away. Now let's go back to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Just put your hand over your heart and just pray this with me. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, show me areas in my life that I need to lay aside or I need to bring into control under the control of the Holy Spirit. Teach me, Lord, how to love you, how to love you more in a greater way with my affections, with my time, with my money, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Let's go back to Psalm 91 and let's look at verse 14. Because, because, because he, is that you? Because he has set his love upon me. Oh, uh, what will he do? What will he do? I said, what will he do? What will he do? What will he do? Because he or she has sent the love upon me. When destruction comes, I will deliver them. I will keep them in a time of famine. For I am the God who has delivered, is delivering, and yet will deliver you. He has delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Deliverance and freedom is yours as you set your love upon him. And there are snares and there are traps that will try to enslave you. But oh, when you've got God manifesting himself in your life, it doesn't matter what weapon may be formed against you. You just know that it ain't going to prosper. Amen. I will deliver him. Why? Because he has known my name. I will set him on high. Now let's couple that. I will set him on high. With that one in verse 15, which says, I will honor him. I will, I will set him on high and I will honor him. Say it with me. He will set me on high and he will honor me. So what this is saying is that when we set our love upon him and we know his name, he will honor us and set us on high. How many of you want to be on high with the devil and circumstances and problems that this world can't touch you? I submit to you this morning that the name of the Lord is a high tower. When the righteous run into it, they are safe. Trust his name. Set your love upon him. Run to the tower of love. Have faith in his name. Hallelujah. Say with me, the name of the Lord is my high tower. And I'm running into it. And I am the safest of the safe. Now notice verse 15. He shall call upon me. And what will I do? Woo, hallelujah. Don't you know that God's always been a prayer answering God? Throughout the Bible, he says, I will answer. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things that you know not. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He has always answered the prayers of the righteous. And he will answer your prayers. How about this one? I will be with him, where? In trouble. 
No, God never promised us we're not going to have any trouble. But rather, the Bible infers now that you're in the kingdom of God, there will be trouble. The troublemaker comes to trouble you. Amen. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He said, in the world, you're going to have some trouble. There's going to be some difficulty. But cheer up. Why, Jesus? Because I've overcome the world. And then in Psalms, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what does the Lord do? The Lord delivers him or them out of them all. I want him to be with me in trouble. I want the promise of God to be actualized in my life. That he will never, ever leave me. And he will never forsake me. He will be with me in my midnight hour. He will manifest himself to you with his glory and with his power. So set your love upon him today. And you will begin to walk in a better way, a higher way, and in God's way. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Look at verse 16. Let's read it together. With long life will I satisfy him. Oh, what kind of life? What kind of life is God's will for you? And not just a long life living to be 100 or 85 or 90 years old where you're just kind of hanging in there. But a long life, a satisfied life. A fruitful life, a life that's honored God, a life that has been a blessing to the kingdom of God. Is that you? Oh, come on. I said, is that you? Lift both hands and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. With long life, he will satisfy you. But not only that, if you're going to live long, you're going to need to see some keeping power. I said, if you're going to live long, you're going to need some keeping power. You're going to need some keeping power in your bones. Come on, somebody. You're going to need some keeping power in your mind. You're going to need some keeping power in your finances. He said, with long life, not only will I satisfy him, but I will show him, Charles, my salvation. And that word salvation means deliverance, safety, preservation, prosperity, and well-being. Hallelujah. Are you convinced this morning that you can do this? That you can set your love upon him. Let's stand up and give God praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Bring it all. Bring it all to him this morning. Bring it all to him today. Let there be nothing withheld from him this morning. Give him your all. Give him access to your life. Give him access to your home. Give him access to your mind. Give him access to what you think on and what you dwell on. Give him access. 
Oh, Lord. We give you place this morning in our lives. And in giving you place, we give no place to the enemy. And in giving you place, we give no place to the lust of the flesh. And in giving you place, we give no place to complaining. But we give you full place in our life. If that's your prayer today, lift up your hands and say this, Lord, I give you access afresh and anew into every area of my life. And in giving you access and in giving you place, I put my foot down and I refuse to give the enemy any place. In the name of Jesus, once you've had a place in my life, but now I evict you. I evict you. I say be gone. I say be removed out of any area in my life that you've had place in.